Hello, Rich Bolas here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat again with clinical psychology registrar Arnie Phillips, aka the Child Whisperer, as part of our coronavirus lockdown series. This week, Arnie and I discuss distractions, how much of an impact they can have, and how to tame them. Again, I need to stress that the content of this podcast doesn't constitute, nor should it be considered, specific psychological advice for you or your child. As with all medical, physical, and mental health queries you may have, the best place to start is with your family GP or your child's paediatrician. That being said, I hope you enjoy this chat with Arnie. So, Arnie Phillips, welcome back to the show. Back again? You getting sick of me yet, Rich? No, not at all. This is It just gets better and better. I had such a ball <laughs> last, last episode. Well, the pressure's on now, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> How have you been? How's your week? The week's been good, yeah. Pretty, um, well, for me, it's a, been a pretty cruisy week, just sitting here dialing into some of the chaos that's going on in the different homes of uh, clients that I see. So, um, but yeah, it's been good. Do you, do you find that you've settled into this this whole routine? And I mean, you've got a smile on your face, so it looks like you're enjoying yourself, honey. I am enjoying it. And my dog, Vinny, he kind of, he's settled in as well. So he'll wander into the sessions and just flop on the floor and sleep. So that's been good. It's, <laughs> there's been a couple of clients where they wanted to see him. So yeah, he's jumped up on my lap and got into the into the uh, Zoom video. <laughs> okay. so, yeah, I think he's on the way to being a virtual therapy dog anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, having a pet is one of the things that's supposed to make you feel calmer, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's working for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, um, what, what are some of the things that have been going on this week? What, what things have you noticed? Uh, there's been, I guess, a mix of positive and negative. So some of the, we'll start with the negative first, has been just some complete chaos, some days where parents have just thrown in the towel at 9.05 in the morning because the wheels have fallen off the wagon way too soon. Everyone's lost it. Mum and dad have lost it. The kids have lost it and they've just given up. Um, but fortunately, the I guess the positive side of that is that they've been able to work out what it was that went wrong. So um, there's been... A couple of families actually where school didn't happen on one of the days um either last week or this week just because they tried and it just wasn't happening so what was that like they, they couldn't log in or something or oh uh, probably i think technical issues were probably some of the um maybe the straws that broke the camel's back <laughs> right <laughs> um, but it, yeah it was technical issues it was relationship issues so you know, sitting at a desk next to your brother who drives you insane and for some reason he wants to swing his leg so it hits my leg. So yeah, and he knows he drives you well. insane or at least oh, knows yeah. what to dri- do to drive you insane. That's yeah. the beauty of being a sibling is that you just know all the buttons. To oh, push. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, well, my brother certainly did with me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's that. There's also um, just the inter-siblingly inter-sibling rivalry yeah if you like where you know some kids are expecting the an equal amount of attention from mum or dad in helping to get school set up whereas that's not necessarily 
practical or necessary. So just a matter of, you know, having those a family meeting or a homeschool meeting at the end of the day to say what worked and what didn't and what can we change for tomorrow to make it a bit more successful. I think that's been one of the good things as well. So there's that communication between all family members about here's a situation. It went pear-shaped. We're going to be entering that a very similar situation tomorrow. How can we set it up for success tomorrow? Yeah. Um, rather than just writing it off as a bad day and hoping that things happen much better tomorrow, um, yeah, I think that's been probably one of the positives. Another one of the positives that families are kind of mentioning are the relationships are improving. Um, so the relationships between parents and children and between siblings, they're getting on a lot better in a lot of cases, which has been really good. They, you know, they'll kind of play together. <laughs> like camaraderie um, through shared suffering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe the kids, they've got a common enemy now. It's that teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can all point the finger in the same direction. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, yeah, I think that's been one of the positives as well. Yeah. That improved relationships between family members. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely found in the conversations I've had this week that whilst there's a lot of the, the jokes flying around, you know, about how hard it is and stuff. There's the underlying appreciation that this is a huge opportunity when it comes to spending time with your family. And and if yeah. we can embrace it, it's it's golden. And, um, yeah. you know, those moments when you actually do look up and, and look around and think, yeah, this is great. I wouldn't normally have seen that. That's it's pretty special. You know, yeah. there's, there's yeah, exactly. been a, a, a countless moments over the last couple of weeks where I've looked up, especially seen with Will, because he's much younger. He's still at that age where he's just moving out of being uh, a toddler into a, a young boy. And yep. and so it's like, yeah, capture those moments because he's going to turn into a, a, a little man soon. And, um, yeah, moments yeah. I wouldn't have seen if he'd have been at school and I was at work. Yeah, yeah, true. Yep. Yes. So the – I mean, getting back to some of the things then, um, obviously you've – got a, a bunch of um i guess success stories that that have come out of that uh, is there any things you can advise then i mean the, the family meeting have you actually had other clients or helped clients work through a, a family meeting or do you have any suggestions on how to go about that because that sounds like that was quite a pivotal thing in in achieving a, a, a much better outcome yeah i think it was and i think it depends on the family um and how normal the idea of a family meeting is um you know if you're the sort of family that does get together and does talk about things and you're open and honest and you're happy to take some um some criticism is, constructive some abuse criti con constructive <laughs> abuse let's go with that yeah. <laughs> um if you're happy to take that on and you're used to taking that on then by all means just having just sitting around the dinner table and having a chat yeah about you did this and that really annoyed me yeah yeah <laughs> or i don't know why you're doing this why are you doing that that those sorts of conversations um so that can work another approach could be to just sit down and maybe have a you know a facilitated conversation where someone's in charge um 
someone, you have a talking stick where, you know, you pass it around. If you want to talk about what's annoying you, then you have to be holding this stick like the um, conch shell in yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just taking that approach to make it a bit more sort of structured, but to make people feel empowered to be able to say, all right, now is my turn to say something. Yeah. And um, I won't get talked over. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another one that we mentioned in a previous episode was the stop, start, keep. And yeah. It can be useful to kind of bring that into these family conversations as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it may just be a matter of picking one thing that of eat for each of those categories to say, you know, Dad, if you could stop doing this when you come in and check on me every <laughs> half hour, <laughs> just yeah. stop checking on me. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you're going to check on me, then maybe start bringing in a juice or a piece of fruit or a yeah, snack for me. Yeah, be useful. Do it as well, yeah. <laughs> and then keep giving us an amazing lunch. Yeah. Because that's something that I look forward to. So just those sorts of things. Um, again, having that stop, start, keep can really soften the blow yeah. for the stop and the starts by giving the positive, I guess, the the tasty bread to that shit sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, talking of uh, meals, we found that putting in the, the morning tea and the afternoon tea like that um, full stop or that, that uh, you know, juncture in the day has been really good this week. It really sort of diffused anything that was going on and it acted like a reset. I mean, not only a, I guess it's a physiological reset as well, you know, you pumping up glucose levels as well with some fruit and and yeah. that so that has helped immensely and and keeping it pretty like um pretty much the same time every day so that the kids are expecting it and and then yeah. you know there's they're not they're not sort of complaining when you drag them away from something it's like oh yeah yeah the it's morning tea time got it yeah yep. so that's yeah. been great and it has it's picking up on that pomodoro technique that you mentioned a few episodes back of not necessarily sticking to that time frame of the Pomodoro timer, but just kind of saying that this next session, it's only going to last from 9.30 until 10. And then after that half hour, we've got morning tea. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, morning tea is that quick reset. Gives you a chance if things started off a bit sketchy in the morning <laughs> session. Yeah. Then it gives, you know, parents and students children that chance to kind of reset and work out all right that that's not working if we keep going like that today then things aren't going to be good at the end of the day we may not have the whole team here tomorrow <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that can be a that a, you know a good approach to stop every now and then and yeah. it's picking up on the routines that we've spoken about as well yeah i mean we even put in like a bike ride at the end of the day now and that really works because yeah. it's a real transition between definite school time and then it's home time. Uh, yeah. And that's worked really well. It's almost like a total pattern interrupt. Yeah. So yeah. I think it even works for me, <laughs> probably works for me more so than the kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's picking up on another one of those things. Some of my um, clients have had activities or physical activities or exercise that they do at the start of the day. Um, because they've noticed that if they go straight from the pre-9am routine straight into a 
class setting, then it's just not working. <laughs> the engines, um, the, the lights are on, but no one's home. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they do a bit of a bike ride or a walk or a run yeah. or something like that just to use that energy. And it's probably energy that they would have used anyway on a normal school day of just getting to walk school. to school or running around the playground with their mates for 10 minutes before school class actually starts. Um, so it's, again, trying to make that routine yeah. of school as normal as possible. Yeah. Despite I've, the fact that it's in the lounge room. I've definitely found that the days that have been the best or were the best for us are the days when, well, from my perspective anyway, when I've actually made sure I had my morning ritual nailed. And that only included like going down the beach and having a swim, uh, you know, to blow out the cobwebs, do get my yeah. exercise. And it was almost like that analogy of putting the mask on when you're in an air, <laughs> aircraft. You know, the oxygen mask always put yours on first before you look after yeah. the kids because yeah. uh, you're no good to them if you if you pass out. And I found that making sure that I get those things that are important to me out of the way early on like 7 a.m., it's made such a difference to the rest yeah. of the day completely. I've actually been yep. really happy at times. <laughs> you know, been, this week, <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can't tell too many people that, but no, this week yeah. was, I, I reckon it was a complete opposite of last week. It's been, it's yeah. been radical. I can't, I mean, it's absolutely not been perfect from a, a school work perspective, but, um, but yeah, it's been, a million times better than uh, the uh, wheels off version that we uh, had last week. <laughs> nice. We'll have to wait and see what next week's like. If... Yeah, hopefully it's not like a sine wave. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what, what was the topic that you wanted to pick up on uh, based on a lot of the um, interviews and things you've been having this week, Arnie? Uh, I think distractions is one of the big things that I've been dealing with this week. So whilst there has been um, some success in getting children to sit down, do their work, um, there's still a lot of distractions. So there's been um, that's probably been the main topic for sessions this week, for most sessions this week. Yeah. I mean, would that be um, like mental distractions or physical distractions or everything, all of the above? Everything, yeah. All of the above, really. So, um, the, I guess the physical distractions that they're the biggest ones that but we can deal argue, with. Yeah, I was going to say, but arguably the ones that are easiest to solve. Yeah, that's right. In a lot of cases, it is. It's, um, you know, so the approach that I've been taking has been to work through the senses that's, um, been, you know, a structured approach where kids can kind of think about, you know, from a sight perspective, what are the things that are in my vision that stop me from wanting to do the work that I'm meant to be doing now? Yeah. Um, so that's been helpful to just, you know, plant seeds for them about, you know, is it when there's a bright light in your face or there's the sun's glaring off the computer monitor or is it when it's dark and there's a shadow over the work that you're doing? Is yeah. that a distraction for you do you find yourself just you know making finger puppets on your worksheet instead of actually <laughs> doing the activity yeah um if there's a, a more in the site it's about is there a tv um playing in the background or something like that that you can see um are there people playing or exercising 
Yeah, because movement, movement in your line of sight is probably one of the worst things, isn't it? Because that's why TVs are so distracting because we're, we're hardwired to like pour all our attention into something that's just moved. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I've had a couple of clients who have said, you know, if I'm out studying in the um, dining area, just sitting at the kitchen table doing my um, doing my work and dad just walks along in the background, that's not a problem. But if dad's standing there painting a wall, then that'll be a distraction for me. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's probably that ability to ignore things for a finite amount of time. And then after that, it's... Or ignore things that are normal, you know, that you expect. But if yeah, it's out yeah. of the normal, then it's definitely uh, going to attract your attention. No, yeah. I mean, so, and and that goes for clutter and stuff as well, doesn't it? I mean, things that, you know, if you see the, I mean, in, <laughs> I guess personal case, it'd be if I see the basket full of washing, it's like, oh, yeah, I should move that. And then yeah. if I, and I found myself actually, now that when I go through a house, if I notice something, I just pick it up and do it straight away, like for moving it. Cause I know that if I notice it again next time round, I'll just keep noticing it and it'll just bug the hell out of me. So I've just got to yeah. get clear the decks, so to speak. Uh, and it just, just frees up, uh, I guess, a lot of the uh, attention. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And for kids, that's been um, toys. So for a lot of them, <laughs> they're, you know, they're working in their room. Mum and dad have gone out and bought a desk for them to sit in their room so they've got their dedicated place. But over the past couple of weeks, they've added things to that to make their desk enjoyable, which is great because you want that to be a, you want it to be an environment that you like to go to. But you don't want to have too many distractions on there. Like, you know, at this desk here, I've got a moose head, I've got Buzz Lightyear and Woody sitting up on the shelf. <laughs> I've got a bouncy ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just got, probably too many things around me to distract me. Then I've got Vinny on the ground. He's yeah. another distraction as well. Um, but fortunately I can maintain my focus yeah. for a certain period of time. Whereas, you know, for kids, if they're not enjoying this activity or they're finding it too hard, then that Buzz Lightyear doll be off the shelf in a flash well it's colorful yeah it's yeah, yeah. it's got buttons and yeah. flashing lights <laughs> and it's way you more push fun a button than and his wings thing. pop out yeah it's, it's awesome. way more fun than the thing you're trying to get me to do right now dad <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah well it was quite um interesting today because i was sat at the kitchen table trying to bang out an email and there was it was just one of those times when something had come in timely so i thought oh, i'll get onto it now and um and there was just conversations all around me that normally I would ignore, but I just couldn't focus. Yeah. And I had to go hide away. And it was like, okay, um, yeah, I'm going to go lock myself away because I cannot actually think to get this yeah. done. And it's taking way longer than it should. And <laughs> and and that's me. I'm quite aware of those things. Whereas, I mean, how can I expect the kids to actually be that self-aware when it comes to their attention right now? You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Kids are just thinking... You know, if kids were in that situation, they'd just be thinking, well, this email's taking two hours. This email's boring. Yeah. (laughs) What time's lunch? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they're the things with sight. Some of the things we work through with sound have been a musical radio playing in the background. Yeah. Um, If there's people talking or making noises nearby, I had one client who 
said, if people are talking nearby about anything, it's okay. But if the topic is about the Titanic, then I'll be distracted because that's his um, <laughs> that's his go-to topic. So as long um, as he doesn't stand, he's not standing it to, to James Cameron or Bob Ballard or something like that, he'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> it's like I can't believe they work in the cubicles next to me. This is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, loud sounds of cars and other traffic. Do- dogs too much barking. Silence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, too much silence or no music or rhythm or anything. Yeah, we so, touched on this before, didn't we? Yeah, which is, you know, that's something for me. If I don't have music, then that's a real distraction for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a matter of, I wonder how of many understanding parents, that. I was just going to say, I wonder how many parents have actually got headphones for their kids to help them sort of drown out noise and stuff yeah, or, or put their own noise on. There's quite a few that... Um, have that quite a few of my clients will have the noise cancelling headphones. Right. Cool. Um, which is, yeah, it's really helpful. Um, the whirring of fans or heaters or computers yeah. is another kind of annoying sound. And, you know, you've probably noticed it yourself if you're sitting there at night when the house is quiet and <laughs> the you're fridge pump. doing some work on the computer <laughs> and then you notice the whirring and it's like, God, that's so annoying. Why yeah. is that suddenly so loud? Yeah. Yeah. Or when you're recording a podcast interview, <laughs> the fan <laughs> on the computer, oh, I never knew it was that loud. <laughs> uh, um, some of the others in terms of touch. So is the seat extra hard or is it extra soft? I suppose the uh, temperature comes into that as well, like the temperature of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That so, can be quite distracting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm, you know, too hot or too cold, then there's no way um, I'll be paying attention to anything. Um, if there's a breeze or if there's a fan, you know, is that something you enjoy or is it something you don't enjoy? Yeah. You don't like that fresh breeze on your face. Um, from a smell perspective, the smell of food cooking, you know, is that it's a awesome. massive distraction that <laughs> this, it's a great smell, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, find yourself getting to, you know, four or five o'clock. Yeah. at the end of a work day and then there's these smells of a beautiful curry coming from the kitchen and <laughs> game over <laughs> a pack up early yeah. Yeah. well done honey you get to go home early <laughs> um scented candles or perfumes or air fresheners hmm. those types of things they may be something that you know mum and dad think i'm going to put a scented candle in that lounge room so the kids have got a nice calming smell to study to and the kids just think that rosemary and patchouli is yeah. not pleasant. It's not not <laughs> optimal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, it's interesting though because I can't the, like the way you're going through this list, aren't It's bringing to the to the fore just how how many influences there can be and how many distractions there can be, and how we can possibly expect three people sat around the same kitchen table to be comfortable all at the same time <laughs> you know you, you're you're asking for a lot you might yeah. get you probably get one out of three but um yeah. the two out of three would be an anomaly i think oh absolutely yeah um and yeah when you're taking all those factors into account then it's how can you find the perfect study environment for everyone yeah you know someone wants the light on someone wants the light a bit dimmer someone wants fresh air wants a breeze coming through someone wants it cold 
Um, someone wants music, other people want silence. It's <laughs> when you said that, it just reminds me of um, in, back in the in the day when I did architectural engineering. There's this great story of uh, a building manager that actually they had a problem in this office multiplex where so many of the clients in this office space were disgruntled with the air conditioning and so they get up and adjust the air con and uh, of course like 50 people in office there's 50 different opinions of what the best <laughs> setting is and so the machinery would be adjusted like every five minutes and an air con in, in big buildings like that just isn't designed to be adjusted a hundred yeah. times a day and it's ineffective so it just never has time to catch up and so what the building manager did was actually leave the panel with power going to it but just disconnected it from all the plant and so the actual <laughs> controls didn't do anything but they let the person who adjusted it feel like they had agency and input over their own environment and so everyone was happy but you know nothing actually changed <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, very clever. <laughs> Perception is how everything. Many times that's happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. So I mean, we've gone through sight, sound, obviously music and smell. Uh, I mean, any others you yeah. can think of there, Arnie? That well, would be. Well, yeah. Then there's taste as well. So, which and taste are kind of move in there. If you're feeling hungry or if you're feeling thirsty, yeah. um, does it help you to have a snack? sitting there next to you or does it help you to have your allocated snacks in the fridge so when you go to the fridge you spend 30 seconds grabbing a snack rather than spending five or ten minutes in the kitchen thinking what can i have to eat yeah hassling mum and yeah mum's working with your sister and you've got to wait for her or dad's on a off on a swim in the morning <laughs> he's left us <laughs> so i've got to wait for him to get back <laughs> yeah no it's um, good i mean would you suggest people actually put that in place like the plan for the day is that's the go-to snack because then um, then you diffuse that all what can we eat or whatever i mean i found that there's having a particular snack that i can always go to like i do carrots and peanut butter it's just amazing yep. for me uh, it's got yep. high high fat content bit of fiber as well and it just makes me feel full but yep. um and and doesn't have lots of sugar that gives me that spike but uh, i think having that as my go-to is awesome because i don't even have to think when i go to the you know to the snack cupboard um, whereas yeah. I, I saw Annie today, she was just gazing into the fridge and then she was gazing into the cupboard and, <laughs> and, she, and then she went back to the fridge and I was like, yeah, uh, yeah here we go. <laughs> like, so you need to get one of those signs, please make selection before opening fridge door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stick that on the domestic fridge. Or, or, yeah, or put, that, it, put it on the whiteboard, like we're going to have <laughs> snacks <laughs> and the, the snacks, uh, uh, sanctioned snacks. <laughs> Is that too much, Annie? That... <laughs> no, that's fine. No. <laughs> And you chain them to the desk as well. <laughs> Naturally. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it can be helpful. It'll be useful just to pick up on the last, one of the last sessions where we we're talking about having a routine. And, you know, part of that routine will be getting your lunch ready in the morning or yeah. packing your bag in the yeah. morning. So is that, have you incorporated your snacks and lunch into that part of the routine or is it enough just to have snacks in the fridge or a dedicated section in the fridge like anything on shelf number two you can take from kind of yeah. like the or you've got plates ready made know. up so like the morning morning yeah. fruit or something like that it was already cut 
and you can jump yep. into that if you absolutely need to. Yeah, yeah. So from a routine perspective, then that's worth having. From a distractions perspective, if snacks aren't a distraction for you, if you don't find yourself sitting there kind of five minutes into a 20-minute task thinking, I wonder what I could eat now. <laughs> and maybe you don't need to have – you don't need to deal with those snacks. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the next step. So once I've worked through with the kids to identify what it is that's a distraction for them, then we'll work through and come up with, you know, one or two solutions for each of the distractions that we've identified. So, yeah, if um, feeling hungry or feeling thirsty is a distraction, then have a snack with you or eat before the home class starts or mm. have your water bottle there ready. Um, then that'll be one of the solutions that we put in place. But, yeah, as I said, if they don't get distracted by not having a snack, then you don't necessarily need the solution or the strategy to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know we talked about this before, but I'll often jump into a snack as a, a dis- to, to actually look for a distraction sometimes. You know, oh, you've got to get onto that thing now. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if there's anything in the fridge. That kind of, <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, it's, kind of interesting being <laughs> making yourself aware of that sort of stuff as well okay yeah. do i actually need this third coffee mm, don't think so <laughs> <laughs> but let's have it just in case yeah that's right. let's just make sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> didn't need that <laughs> <laughs> yep especially at yeah, nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, five coffees in. Oh, so, well, one he's off, aren't he? One of one of my colleagues bought a coffee machine, and uh, it's an amazing coffee machine. He's loving it, but he he does say the uh, the danger of having a, a nice coffee machine at home, especially when it's brand new and all sparkly, is that yeah. you you tend to uh, knock it out the ballpark before ten a.m. <laughs> so, <laughs> so spend the rest of the day buzzing. Yeah, suddenly developed the uh, symptoms of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you stop kicking me under the table? I can't stop twitching my leg. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, um, any other like uh, steps on from that then, Arnie? So you've identified your, your distractions, you put a bit of a plan in place. Are there any sort of yeah. plan Bs if it's, if, the, if it's not sort of working, reviews, that sort of thing? Yeah, so just being able to say, yeah, there is a distraction. Um, I've got all the solutions in place and I'm still getting distracted. And obviously you don't want to make a habit of this, but just being comfortable, and this is something that a lot of parents have done, felt guilty for, but then been reassured once I've let them know that probably every family I've spoken to in the past couple of weeks has done this. Um, and that's just throwing in the towel and saying... <laughs> <laughs> school's done we're, we're not going to try it anymore today yeah um, i think that's been probably one of the more positive things do you think that's um, actually a real it's almost like a safety valve as well like you hit that yeah. button and and it would release all the pressure yeah yeah absolutely for well yeah it's easy for me to say when i <laughs> don't have kids here who i'm trying to teach <laughs> Well, put through the homeschooling at the same time as doing my day job. So, yep. um, yeah, I've kind of got it easy in that respect. But I think it would be a very, it would be a pretty significant release of pressure if everyone in the household has just lost it. Things yep. aren't going well. 
people are being distracted, people are being distractions to other people. Um, everyone's pushing everyone's buttons. The homeschool's not working. Working from home's not working for mum and dad. And we're only five minutes into the day. Then just back out while everyone's still alive and <laughs> yeah. try it again tomorrow. And, th- and reconvene then, tonight and work out what went wrong. And yeah, then, that's what I was going to say. You have that sort of family meeting, try and you know piece together what you're going to do to make it work the next day. Cause you wouldn't want to make a habit of it. Like you say, you know, you yeah. end up sort of reinforcing the behavior early in the day and they're like, let's do this again. <laughs> we get another day off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's probably an approach that you could take with that. I guess the plan B. Yeah. Um, there are behavioral techniques that you can take in terms of um, reward charts or um, turn taking those types of things that you can work on with children. So from a turn-taking perspective, it could be, you know, it's mum's turn or dad's turn to work with child A first. And then when I'm finished here, then we'll work on something with child B and just alternating that. Um, Picking up on one of the things we spoke about in a previous session of coming up with different activity types to work on through the day. Yeah. That can be useful to just understand that I work best when I've done a physical activity at the start of the day and then um, I do a brain activity and then I do a creative activity. So that's, you know, if that's the routine that works for me, then that's what I'll be doing. Um, Accepting the fact that you may not be following the timetable that the school has set out, but at least you get to the end of the day and you've ticked all the boxes. I'm sure the school would be happy with that rather yeah. than a um, corpse at the end of the day. Well, you'd, so, hope, you'd hope they would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird kind of school if they're not. When you think, though, <laughs> if we if we can get through this in a, a meaningful way. If, and, uh, what do yeah. you mean if? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking we, we are going to get through this absolutely, Arnie, but if, yeah. if we can get through this and come out the other side with the kids actually being self-motivated and able to look at tasks and plan their own days, that's a, that's a considerable, like, superpower yeah. know, compared to just following instructions and, you know, being reliant on external uh, validation and all that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a huge opportunity. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, kids becoming self-aware. It's kind of like yeah. Terminator 2, isn't it? Maybe this is the judgment day that <laughs> they is, predicted well, of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kids will realize that they're fully autonomous and they can, they can choose their own destiny. Well, that's right. I mean, what, what what's the sort of average age when children actually become aware? Is it like four or something when they actually realize, oh, hang on a minute, I'm actually not part of my parents? You know, there's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it takes probably another 20 years to realize, oh, I'm not under my parents' control, but Jesus, I'm the one who's in control. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you spend another 20 years thinking... Uh, Who am I? Yeah, I'm only going through it now. This whole thing of like trying to figure out who the hell I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken me forty odd years. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but maybe it takes either forty years of life or a pandemic to. Yep. Kickstart. Just kickstart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, we we discussed earlier, Arnie, about 
you know, some some ways of you've talked to clients about making homeschool fun and some of the things that have really come out of that. So what, what sort yeah. of insights have you picked up on there? So I guess I like to think of that as the opposite of distraction um, and making this traction. So how do we make the activity that we're meant to be doing appealing for us and engaging? Um, and you don't and just mean that- in a reward at the end of doing it but actually making the activity itself appealing. Making, yeah, yeah. So the when you think of the whole school setup that most families would have, it's either, you know, a desk or they're using the kitchen table or something like that. It's There'll be a dedicated place where the virtual or the homeschool happens with computers and cords and paper and pens flying everywhere. Um, that's the spot where everyone gets to sit down and then they log in and that's their school. Yeah. Their connection with the school. Um, some of the things that I've been working on with families has been about making the homeschool fun and kind of owning the homeschool um, situation. So that has been one of the very simple ones is if they're not enjoying doing the school activities that the school's assigned, just get them to sit in that homeschool environment that you've set up and design a school logo for their new homeschool yeah um sit down with a cheap um t-shirt from kmart or somewhere some fabric markers and make their school uniform um make something that they need to wear when they're sitting down at homeschool um so you know it could be the homeschool primary school that they come up with a logo for and they draw that onto a t-shirt and they wear that whenever they're attending school um another couple of kids have found some appeal in making a silly hat for the homeschool teacher to wear so um (laughs) and then there's a different hat when mum or dad is kind of teaching different children so that's been a uh i guess an area of success as well with kids just enjoying that sort of thing yeah um other things have been, you know, having putting a school concert on, having a school sports day, having a <laughs> like school music festival or something like that. Yeah. So just at replicating school as much as possible. What are some other things that happen in a school term that um, kids enjoy or take part in? Yeah. Is there an art show that they kind of run yep. each term? That's interesting, yeah. You could run a gallery. It, it, it's the macro look of the whole term, isn't it? The, the actual things that would be part of it, building it yeah. into, into home life. Yeah. The swimming gala yeah. might be a bit of a challenge, but... <laughs> <laughs> you could just get a uh, tanning bed, can't you? And some of the kids get sunburnt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Check. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... um, Because like the the options are endless there aren't they it's just almost like unshackling your yourself from the idea that you've got to stick to the the rules and just getting creative with it isn't it yeah yeah because if kids are if they're finding the work difficult um which can be another distraction if it's really hard then they're just not going to get that traction or they're not going to engage with the activity so they'll they're always going to find a buzz light year up on the shelf yeah that's much more appealing than a difficult maths problem or having to comprehend a 
you know, a paragraph for English and then write about it. If they struggle in that kind of sense, then they'll just have negativity associated with the yeah. homeschool environment. And no it'll, how, it'll build up real quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just a matter of trying to associate that physical homeschool environment with some positivity as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it can be, again, worthwhile sitting down and having a – you might have a school assembly every week. <laughs> Or a school presentation, you know, you vote. A boring the school assembly. Student of the week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, not, that's a great idea. You can have the awards at the end of the week. I yeah. like that. You can't vote for yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just spoil all my fun, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the like, oh, wow. Yeah. Number one teacher, 11 weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, um, yeah, that that's that's gold. I am definitely doing that. That's good. <laughs> now, when you were talking just then, Arnie, though, it it did sort of remind me of a few conversations I'd had with parents where their kids were quite overwhelmed as well. There were certain stages where they really hit the wall, and they're just like, "I can't do this. This is terrible." Like that that moment of not necessarily the wheels falling off, but the how would you like recommend that like the children or the parents support the children that that just have that language of i can't do this this is all too much what well, where would I, you where would I, you start i think a good start is to reassure them and acknowledge that what they're doing is difficult and it's very abnormal um when you think about class and this again depends on how the schools are doing it but a lot of them are sending information out saying read this paragraph here's some um, questions that you need to do in this activity and then here's a fun thing at the end of it or submit it yeah on compass or whatever it is that different ones are using seesaw um, so that whole approach is in theory it's delivering like giving an overview of what we're going to be learning today it's giving them the information and the knowledge it's testing their knowledge and how well they've kind of learnt it to help reinforce it and then giving them the opportunity to present back what they've learnt, which in theory it's a you know very structured approach, but it's not what a classroom yeah. looks like. The teacher doesn't get the kids in from recess, sit them down, give them printouts of paper and not talk to them. The teacher will do <laughs> not, an introduction. Not, not most teachers anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, are they called teachers if they do that? Yeah. But anyway. I definitely um, had one teacher that was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Reading the paper. It's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we'll save that for another session. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, it, So it's like recalibrating expectations then, you know, saying that yeah. this is way harder than you might think it is. Because this, yeah. is, this so, is a task, this is a, uh, I guess, something that adults struggle with, you know, self-directed yeah. learning. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think probably there's a big psychological shift for kids to realize that I'm sitting here or what, four, five weeks ago, I was sitting in class doing English or doing maths or doing inquiry and I was really enjoying it. And I was one of the best in the class and I got the work finished before most people. Here I am, I'm supposed to be doing inquiry, but I have no idea. Yeah. where to start, I don't know how to do this activity. Um, so just reassuring children that what you're expected to do is very different to what 
you normally you have normally been expected to do. You're still being given the information. It's in a very different format. It's being printed out and you have to read through it and you have to learn what's important just from words on a page. Whereas, you know, if the teacher was, even if they were reading it out, they'd emphasise it by yeah. talking a bit louder or changing the tone in their voice for bits of information that's more relevant or they'd repeat it. Um, so even those sorts of things will be helping the child in the classroom environment to understand yeah. what are the important points and what can I forget. If it's just words on a page, then how, do, how is a kid going to understand that? So um, that's I think that's an important thing to start off with. Another one is for them to understand that they're not alone in that struggle. Yeah. Um, and a way to help them realise that. <laughs> Don't worry, there are plenty other people just as miserable as you right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That makes me feel um, so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So I'm not the only one who feels like complete shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, that's, so that could be scheduling in a Skype session at the end of the school day or yeah. at lunchtime or something for, um, you know, the kids to call one of their mates from class and they can just talk about, oh, what do you think of that inquiry subject? Yeah, or it's you like you said before about the like the walk between classes would be the time when you would you know sort of defiz and go, oh, that was yeah. rubbish. I didn't get any of that, and they go, yeah. oh, me neither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to pick who they contact because if yeah. <laughs> they're saying, oh god, that humanities class, I've got no idea what they're doing in there. Oh, yeah. I finished that in the first yeah. five minutes. <laughs> it's like the person that talks after they're coming out of the exam. Yeah, you never want to, yeah. <laughs> never want to stand next to that person. The goody two yeah, exactly. shoes <laughs> aced everything or says they did. <laughs> what did you get for this question? I don't know. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> ah, awesome. That's great, Arnie. So I reckon there's plenty there. I mean, there's, there's lots that I'm going to try and put in uh, action this week. Um, any final thoughts before we log off? I th- no, I don't think so. As you say, I think there's a lot there. I think it's just a matter of identifying distractions. And again, I feel like I keep coming back to this. Just list out your distractions. Yeah. That can be very um, cathartic almost. Empowering. Yeah. Just to say, these are the things that distract me. Um, and understanding, you know, you may know that there's as we said before, three people sitting around the kitchen table, they've all got different distractions and different strategies to deal with those distractions and they're not necessarily going to pair up. So working through the timetable to say, all right, child A needs complete silence when they're reading. Child B needs to be listening to something. So you're not going to get complete silence when they're doing this humanities or social science kind of subject. So Let's just adjust the timetable so you're not clashing yeah. in that respect as well. Um, so that's another advantage of writing it out. Um, coming up with the solutions, having something to get traction on the task that you are doing, and also having that social connection with peers. It could even be cousins. doesn't need to be other friends in the class, yeah. but just being able to connect in that sense as well. Yeah, got it. And I suppose the yeah. one one final thought for me is because um, my son is actually a lot younger than the the two girls. He's not a, he's in prep, so he's not yep. 
he's able to play a lot more. And so that's not a good distraction when the girls are trying to do work. Like, why does he get to goof off and play in the garden? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's important to acknowledge that maybe certain other siblings that don't have as uh, large a man of tasks can be yeah. sort of kept in a, a, a place out of out of uh, sight from the others yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who are, are snowed under with uh, tasks up to their eyeballs. <laughs> you can you can tell the older ones that he's out in the garden weeding at the moment. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go and join him, that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A non-preferred task. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Forced well, choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it, Arnie, as ever. Uh, this has been brilliant, Arnie. Um, I think we, I'll have to let you go because it's getting pretty late. But um yeah, really enjoyed that. Thanks for your insights and uh, look forward Excellent. to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I've enjoyed it again. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Arnie as much as I did. If you are enjoying these conversations, please give the show a rating and even more so, please review it. I love reading reviews and it helps others discover the podcast too. If you or your kids are particularly struggling and would like to reach out to Arnie, I'll put some links to his practice in the show notes. Another podcast which you might find helpful as well, if you haven't got onto it yet, is Maggie Dent's Parental as Anything podcast. This week, she's done a great episode with Dr. Christy Goodwin on how to manage working from home with kids. Just search Parental as Anything or Maggie Dent to check it out. That's all from me. I hope you stay safe and sane, and until next time, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. Yeah.